This is the Lifestyle Business Podcast, Episode 3. If you like this podcast, you got to sign up for our mailing list. That's really the only way I communicate with the community at this time. You can find that at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Hi, this is Dan Andrews, and I'd like to thank you for downloading the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is a podcast aimed at individuals who are interested in unconventional approaches to life, business, and their careers. Hey, this is Dan. It's awesome to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for downloading the third episode of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Today's going to be exciting because I got my friend and business partner, Ian, on the show, and he's going to help share uh, 10 unexpected benefits of quitting your job. And at the end of the episode, he's going to share how he got his business branded for only $100. So stick around. We'll get started right away. Hey everybody, for today's feature segment, I brought along my co-host and good friend, Ian. Today we're going to talk about 10 reasons or unexpected benefits, or maybe we can get more aggressive and say imperatives, why you need to quit your job. Uh, The reason I sort of brainstorm these 10 ideas is oftentimes this idea of quitting your day job, quitting being an employee, is sort of lumped in, there's like one reason to do it, and that reason is kind of obvious, like, sure, uh anybody would want to quit their job, right? In a lot of ways, by like making it that sort of obvious, vague reason, it can it can take away some of the, the real power of the benefits that come from quitting your job. And sometimes you don't have to face them. So it's like, well, sure, I'd love to quit my job uh, and like lounge around on a couch or something and like golf in the middle of the day or whatever, but I've got to make money, right? When you break some of the reasons down, you can start to see some more powerful incentives to do it. And so that's kind of the purpose of, of these 10 reasons. Uh, some of them are um, maybe a little cheeky, but uh, there's also some real power here. So you want to get started on the 10 of them? Number one, the career, a career is a bad long-term investment. And um, what I mean by that is if you're in a career, your earning power does not compound its value over time, which means it can never achieve the exponential growth power of assets, of a- the ownership of assets. And I'm sure a lot of people have anecdotal stories from their life. Certainly there's the example of the rich dad, poor dad book, which is really famous in sort of entrepreneurial circles, um, where the author talks about rich dad is the dad who, you know, focus 100% on asset ownership. Poor dad was the dad who tried to uh, increase his responsibilities, increase his skill level in an organization. You know, a lot of you might be familiar with Felix Dennis, famous UK publisher. He says many times in his book, you're never going to get rich working for somebody else. And it's true. Um, you probably will not become rich uh, working for somebody else. You might work along at a good salary, maybe even a better salary than if you're working on your on your own. But uh, it's 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 always going to be um, for somebody else. Well, there's this idea that you know, even if your goal isn't to get rich, even if your goal is stability, say for example, or a very comfortable level of, of salary. There's this famous Dave Ramsey quote, who's, he's a sort of a financial guru, and he says, you're only ever as stable as your ability to go out and drag it home every night. And I look at somebody like my father, he's a, um, he spent his years 
building up skills that were relevant to the people who did own the assets? And had he built up the skill of managing and owning his own assets, then even if, say, something comes along and takes away all those things, he has then the relevant skill set to go out and create a stable income. And so part of the problem you know, with careers as a long-term investment in your own personal asset is, is that you, know, you forgo the opportunity to learn the skills that can create the true stability for, I think, for a long time, careers did represent for people. Yeah, I agree. So that's number one. Career is a, long, a bad long-term investment. Uh, number two, Monday mornings are better. They Here, are absolutely start, better. <laughs> start with a cheeky one. Tell me about your Monday mornings. Uh. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, everybody has like the, uh, the Sunday night shivers. You know, have that's you ever heard of those? That's a good way to put it. The Sunday night shivers. I, I can relate to that. Right. So everybody, uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody. Tons of people get super anxious on Sunday night. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's the end of their freedom. Sunday has come to a close. They had Friday night. They had Saturday. They had Saturday night. And then they had Sunday. And then now they're staring down at Monday morning. Well, I remember I, remember I used to get anxious Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would start dreading early. It's like, just because you're so proactive about things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the, you get the Sunday uh, Sunday evening jitters, or the shivers, um, and it's because you dread, or a lot of people dread going to work on Mondays. Um, so not only when you're work for when you're working for yourself, are Mondays less painful, but you don't even realize it's Monday a lot of times. We talk a lot about the integration of uh, work and in living, mm-hmm. I guess, as one. And um, when you work for yourself, the days kind of slip away, and you kind of find yourself asking yourself, "Oh, what day is it? You know, is it is it Monday? Is it Saturday? It doesn't really matter." Awesome stuff. Absolutely. Number three, if retiring is worth doing, you should do it immediately. I love this one because. There's a lot. I was talking with a friend last night. He's going into to um, take four months off his job and, and travel the world and really reconsider whether employment is for him. He has a feeling that I think is very common, which is the people in his life give him a lot of pressure about quitting his job because people see leaving it. He's in, in fact he's a you know a well-trained engineer with a good job, and so they're giving him a lot of pressure about his choice to leave a career. And I think the a part of the reason is is this idea of retirement. And so if you quit your job, you're being irresponsible to this notion of requ- retirement because what you ought to do you know is stick with your job over the course of 30 years and plan for like this moment that's supposed to be excellent, this retirement. You know there are tons of reasons why retirement is sort of a false idol. I think that, you know, that's a bold claim. I should probably back it up a little bit more, but I'm going to move a little faster. But I want to focus on one element to it, which is to say, if retiring is worth doing, you should do it immediately. And at the very minimum, you want to test out your imagined retirement scenario and ensure it's worth a lifetime of difficult work. (laughs) That's a great point. If you think that hanging out in Florida and playing golf is what retirement ought to be, then by all means, go there for a month and do it because you're going to be working for 35 years. And I mean, you know, the chances of you actually achieving that after 35 years of work, given the fact that you're an employee, if you were to do that as an entrepreneur, I mean, the chances are great. So, uh, you know, if if fruity drinks and, and beaches are what you have in mind, just I would encourage you to go check it out right now immediately. Stop what you're doing. Do not pass go. 
and just make sure 70 hour work weeks are, are worth it. Yeah. And, and the easy thing to do is to work for 35 years and then go retire, right? The hard thing to do is to figure out a way to create sustainable income for yourself that you can retire many times throughout your life. So don't let anybody tell you that uh, you're taking the easy way out by quitting your career, by changing your, your, your kind of trajectory or anything like that. You know, it's very, very hard to quit your job and to retire early. I think that it's 100% an issue of, of mindset. And if anything's hard, it's changing your mindset from an employee. Here's the thing. Actually being an employee is no easier than actually running your own business. That's 100% true and backed up in like countless examples that I know. The hard part is actually convincing yourself that becoming an entrepreneur is better than working a job. And that's part of the reason why these 10 points are compelling to me. I really believe that once you believe that being an entrepreneur is better, like really better, 100% across the board better, it's not actually harder. You just need to refocus your energies onto your own business. I mean, one of the reasons it is so difficult for people that have a job to maybe start their own business is that they spend all their time and all their energy focused on being an employee. And then they come home, uh, they raise their kids, they do their hobbies, and they maybe surf around and like for one hour in the evening for business opportunities on the web. And they think that somehow that's going to get them there. If you were to be able to start to sort of refocus some of the key energy, like the key time in your life towards this new endeavor, I guarantee anyone listening to this that, you know, the things that you do for your job are no more difficult than the things that you could do for yourself if you focus your time and energy on it. Right. But let's be honest here. There's a lot of social pressure that surrounds this kind of thing, right? So breaking through that mindset, breaking through that social pressure can be difficult. I can agree with that. And in fact, one of the things I want to stop apologizing for on this podcast is is talking about how that pressure can really impact. Because I think uh, a lot of uh, sort of small business coaches and internet gurus, they talk about it as if it were just the most natural thing in the world. And I know for myself, it was a long sort of arduous battle with my own mindset. Right. So I think, you know, the bottom line is if retirement's worth doing, try it out. Definitely. Number four, you'll meet more interesting people. This one is a proven fact, okay? It's amazing the variety of interest people can cultivate when their time isn't limited, you know, going out there and just reaching out to new new people when you've got time, uh, I've got, I can move around a lot, and so I can reach out and, and meet interesting people. Right. I think it's, it, that's a good point when you're, even, even if you're in, in your hometown, you'll meet interesting people at the grocery store in the middle of the day. If you're traveling, you'll meet interesting people on the road that have a similar situation to you, or maybe have a totally different situation, but are obviously on a different schedule, so they're open to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Either way, you're bound to meet interesting people along the road of self-employment. The one thing about this idea of meeting interesting people that I think when you have your own business or you have a ownership, there's a difference between, uh, we were talking a little bit the other day about the difference between opportunities and ideas. And as an entrepreneur, as an owner, you start to really become opportunistic. You start to look for opportunities to do things. And it, you cultivate these interests that you sort of didn't see coming. It's, if you're an employee, you're less incentivized to take on opportunities because it distracts you from your core duties. It distracts you from the limited time that you have to get basic household tasks completed. I mean, employeeship is a, it 
takes a lot of time to be an employee. Let's face it, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of time it takes to be an employee. I mean, we run our own business and we don't we don't need to spend 40 hours a week doing it. You know, I mean, 40 hours a week, That what is it? What is going on with that? Yeah. Maybe I work for more than 40 hours a week, but certainly not at one thing. Sure. And so I think that you get this idea in your head that everything is an opportunity and you're always looking for other ones. And, and that in itself, that attitude sort of brings on more interesting people. Which kind of segues into our uh, fifth point, which is you will make more money. Ooh, that's, that is the most delicious point. Does that make me a bad person? No, I don't think so. I think that, <laughs> you know, if you're not in business to make money, uh, somebody let me know what you're in business for. Sure. Because that's the bottom line is uh, we're all here to make money. And we talk a lot about money in terms of platform. Right, so um, creating uh, a revenue st- stream to create a platform for yourself to kind of kind of make the world uh, create the world into what you think it should be. Sure. So you know, having 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 money to provide yourself with a platform of people that help you create your vision. Yeah, and you know, for people that I mean, I think there's a there's a big idea in our culture, like a sort of a queasiness towards money. You know, like I'm in it for more than the money and all this stuff. And I think that when you look at things in terms of platform like you are, you start to bring in these ideas of positivity and helping people out. And by default, because I mean, obviously what you want to have happen to the world is you want to distribute joy. You want to distribute great things, great products, you know, and at least certainly in our businesses, you see, it seems the more good we can put out there, the more money we make. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take 100 people and ask them each if they want more money and tell me what the answer is. Sure. It's pretty universal. And another way to look at money, I think that's a more positive way is to say that money is merely a signifier of value. And so people exchange it for things that they find valuable. I mean, it's not it's not inherently crooked. I mean, I, I really don't understand the negative attitude about money in this culture. I mean, I think that there's a lot of sort of rivers that flow into that one, so to speak. But I think when you look at money as something that you can exchange for things, services, people, anything that you value, you can get rid of all the moral hogwash and just start to focus in on what's really valuable to you, you know, how you want to participate. Right. I mean, if you ask most people, uh, would, you ever, w- would you rather have the freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want, or tons of money, most people would pick freedom, I think. For sure. So that's... Number five point, you'll make more money. Number six, you'll see the world. Okay, it's awesome and it takes a while, so you'll need to get to quitting soon. Uh, I think uh, seeing the world is really, really important, and that's something that owning your own business uh, lets you do. One of the reasons why we started uh, a business, Dan, a few years back was to be able to travel. And I think that's something that we've done pretty successfully. Um, So our product development group has allowed us to travel throughout Asia for the past couple of years. Uh, and we've had a lot of great experiences over there. Uh, and, and, you know, tying it into business. So, um, you know, sometimes we go over there, uh, we work for a week, and then we go ride uh, motorbikes through Vietnam for a week. Sure. I like motorcycles. Yeah. So it really, it, you know, these, these kind of lifestyle businesses really give you the opportunity to do things like that. Definitely. You know, there's also, like you said, tying it into business, tying these long-term working vacations um, to go after new opportunities is just phenomenal. You know, we were talking a lot about the move to tech outsourcing to through Vietnam, India, now Philippines is 
uh, one of the more popular locations. And definitely, like, in one month, um, we'll be on a plane to go hang out with our Filipino guys and to, to eat their food and to see what's going on, to learn more about their culture and to better understand the opportunity and to satisfy, like, the, the you know, the, the desire to see more of the world. Right. So I think it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. And you know what? There's also, there's also the stakes are higher and it's interesting. You know, it's interesting to go meet with people with whom you're engaged in projects. And, you know, business isn't the only way to do this. Certainly you can do it with volunteering or with teaching. There's something different about going someplace when you're engaged in a project than when you're just sort of, you know, wandering through. There's, there's certainly value there. However, it is exciting to be able to meet, talk, engage with people with whom you've got a deep connection. And, and certainly employing people is a very deep connection and a very important one for both parties. Yeah. And so it's exciting stuff. It is exciting. Number um, seven, everything will be brighter. Got a cheeky. You know, uh, this is this idea we talk about a lot. Your life will be full of opportunities, not a bunch of uh, liabilities. Right. What do you think about that? I think it's absolutely true, and this leads back to Monday being brighter, <laughs> like we talked about in our uh, second point, which is Mondays are better. Everything's brighter. Um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything is more exciting. You know, some people say that happiness is excitement. I think that for a lot of people, that's true. Um, and as a um, as a business owner, I think that's true too. Well, this podcast is a great example. I mean, it would you know it, it takes some time to produce the podcast, but we've got, you know, we can just look at our schedule and chunk it off right away and say, like, all of a sudden, this is going to become a priority, move other things onto other people, uh, immediately, uh, you know, put things that we don't want to do, say the audio production, the management of the blog or something, we put that off to people that work for us. And these are things that um, maybe if we had jobs, it would be much more of a sacrifice, whereas now it could be a joy to engage in this kind of thing. Number eight, your old friends will think you're cool. Now, this is, uh, you know, part joke, part, you know, uh, portending doom, you know, your old friends. Maybe certainly a theme that runs through people that are making major life changes is this idea that sometimes the first thing you need to do is distance yourself from unproductive relationships. So distancing yourself uh, from old friends can sometimes be difficult, uh, but it can also sometimes be cool. So a lot of these people may or may not understand kind of what you're trying to accomplish here. And it's really hard to work around people. So to kind of change your life, if you've ever really tried to change your life in a dramatic way, uh, whether for the better or for the worse, you know, depending on who you're around, uh, they might not be sympathetic to your cause. Yeah. And, you know, one of the issues that comes up for me a lot, this idea of whether you focus on your strengths or try to fix, fix your weaknesses, I find that focusing on your strengths, like running with your passions, running with your talents, is always way more valuable. And the same thing kind of plays into relationships. Um, often I'm tempted to try to bring my ideas and my ambitions to people that sort of aren't having them because I want to share and I want to bring them along. I want to make a connection. And I find, you know, there's this idea in this, in this, your old friends will think you're cool as like, it's kind of implied they're watching from a distance. And that's really, I think what you got to get comfortable with and you've got to get focused on pulling in a group of, of mentors and, and uh, peers that can inspire you. Sure. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're already on your way. Sure. Or you could be a very wealthy lifestyle entrepreneur. Number nine, no more meetings with one exception. We've got Skype conference calls on here. So, you know, that's an unfunny joke. No more meetings. But meetings are, represent this idea of 
spending your time where it's not valuable and where you don't care about it. And, uh, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, crimes and uh, tragedies of being an employee is that so many of your hours get committed to irrelevant tasks. I feel like although now that I'm a, you know, a business owner and a tra- world traveler and I do all these things, I still procrastinate a lot and I still waste a lot of time, but it's on my own terms, you know, I'm not being required to do so by a third party. Right. I haven't had a meeting since I've become a business owner that wasn't either on my terms or that I didn't want to go to. And number 10, you can wear your favorite shirt every day. Or no shirt. Or no shirt at all. Um, (laughs) We were talking to a friend today uh, that owns a blog. uh Uh-huh. And um, I think you made a comment about being a... Pajamapreneur. Pajamapreneur. (laughs) And so uh, (laughs) you can make... uh, you can make calls to your clients in your t-shirt or no shirt at all. You know, your wardrobe can tend to be important. And one interesting thing that's happened to me since I have quit my job, and it's been, uh, you know, for those listening, I think it's been 18 or 19 months since I've had a job. My wardrobe is basically, I have five shirts and I have three, four pairs of pants. And I, you know, and I have these clothes that are dialed in. Like I've, I wear, you know, the exact cuts the perfect material. I have a pair of shoes that are like perfectly designed for my lifestyle. It's like I have such a minimalistic approach. And when you don't have to show up to an office every day to be around the same people, you know, you're not embarrassed anymore. And it's like, look, I've got a imported merino wool t-shirt from Australia and I wear it every single day. And because it's the best shirt to wear, it's always the best shirt to wear. And I feel like in the past, the people at the office dictated the shirts that I wore. And I don't like that. So I like being able to define uh, the kind of shirt that I wear. And also, it makes me feel light on my feet. So when I do want to go travel the world, I just put my four shirts in my backpack and I go to the airport. It allows me to really focus in on the things that I want to do proactively. And the things that are important. Exactly. So like you, I live in my flip-flops. I wouldn't trade them for a pair of shoes if you gave me a few hundred dollars uh, I remember the first sales call I made without my shirt on in the morning, <laughs> and it definitely felt uncomfortable, you know, talking talking to this guy about about a sale, you uh-huh. know, without my shirt on. And uh, I sat there thinking, like, wow, if this guy knew that I didn't have my shirt on, you'd think I would still get this sale. But it didn't matter because he didn't know that I didn't have my shirt on, and that's how I felt most most comfortable. Right. Anyway, Ian, hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm, if uh, you'd like to ask Ian a question, you can find him at ian at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Okay, everybody, Ian was kind enough to stick around and share with us a quick tip he uses to get insanely cheap branding done for his websites. And by that, I mean or for his companies. And, and that's both logos, website design. And is anything else you've used this, this for, Ian? Uh, well, this site is primarily for uh, logo design. Okay. Uh, some of the other sites out there do um, website design and logos and, and other branding projects. But this one is pretty much purely logo design. Okay. Um, and, and we use it pretty much exclusively now. There's a bunch of different sites out there. Uh, this one's really great because the uh, you can set the minimum prize really low at $100. Uh, right. and that's usually what we pay is in between $100 and $400 for uh, just premium logos. Uh, and what we're talking about here is crowdsourcing. So right. um, putting up your requirements and then having a bunch of guys bid on your logo design and do different iterations for you. And in the end, uh, you deliver them 
the prize money they deliver you the logo um, usually with fonts uh, in in whatever kind of file type you want now I know um, that two years ago 99designs.com kind of set the online business world on fire by introducing this crowdsourcing concept to logos and website design but what I had found is that they had started to get more expensive they did um, so it's a pretty cool site uh, it's easy to use uh, your money goes into escrow, so you don't have to worry about losing money or anything like that. Right. Uh, with a designer. And so, how much at from from beginning to end does it cost for you to get a high quality logo designed um, for your for a business? Uh, beginning to beginning to end um, is a hundred to four hundred dollars, and what I would suggest is being as specific as possible in the beginning. Uh -huh. So it's really important that you lay out your guidelines. So if you say uh, I want a logo, and it's um, for uh, a web design company or for whatever company you have. Be specific about the colors that you want to use, the shape you want to use, the feeling that you want to convey. Uh -huh. It's really important to get that out in your description to be able to get the most for your money. You know, one thing that I find that is really helpful as you're having difficulty being creative about those things is to spend a half an hour going around the web looking at companies you admire. Yeah. And saying to you know the group of designers that or the community of designers really that this is a logo that communicates the kind of feeling that you're looking for and that of course you know you want to make it different than that but you want to say similar things that's a really good idea and it works really well and for those of you that have been around long enough to know how much logos cost um you know a, a quality logo for for uh for a company that you're planning on growing really big and for a lot of people saying you know that those kind of logos can cost thousands and thousands of dollars sure. only maybe five or ten years ago here's even what I think is so unique about it you know you're a maybe the audience doesn't know you're a trained designer and you still choose to pay this community to design your logo for you yeah so a lot of times uh, Maybe it won't be the final logo that we use, but it'll definitely set the framework. But also, I mean, there's an interesting thing in you as an entrepreneur deciding to outsource what is your specialty, number one. And number two, I mean, the cumulative value, you could potentially, as a talented, trained designer, design a logo for two day, full days and not see all the design possibilities that come through through the community. Right, that's the beauty of crowdsourcing this is a good jumping off point. So maybe you say, Hey, we've got a logo guy, or we've got a really good graphics guy that we depend on. But I'm sure that guy, that graphics guy that you have on staff, possibly in the United States costs anywhere between 70 and maybe $150 an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so for a hundred dollars, you can have uh, anywhere between 25 and 150 logos show up in your inbox that your graphic designer can work off. So it's a great idea generator as much as it is end result. Right, so it's like the ultimate brainstorming tool. Absolutely. And the site that we're talking about is elogocontest.com. Hey, thank you for listening to the Lifestyle Business Podcast. If you're particularly interested, you definitely need to go to our website at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com and get on the mailing list. That's how I communicate with the community, and I'll share some things through the newsletter that don't make it onto the podcast. Also, if you like the podcast, give us a shout over at iTunes. That's going to give us a big help, get us more subscribers, and will ultimately help us to invest more in our
bringing, bringing more information to the podcast. So hope to see you next time.